Welcome to the Yoga Teacher CEO Podcast with me, your host, yoga teacher, CEO, and business coach, Della Wheeler. Join me as we combine strategy and soul to elevate your yoga business with ease. Hello. Today I'm bringing you a very special interview with Andrea Lance. I'm just really, really, really excited to introduce this episode. Before this chat with Andrea, she and I had never met, but I instantly fell in love with her. You'll see why in a second. As someone who has dealt with sometimes crippling anxiety for the better part of about 30 years, it was so refreshing to dig more into this topic. As a yoga teacher, I often feel like I need to present a certain way in order to please others. That because I practice and teach yoga, that I really shouldn't deal with such an insane amount of anxiety. But that's the reality of my experience, and I have a feeling I'm not alone. Andrea and I chat candidly about our experiences with anxiety and how that translates to some interesting experiences as a teacher. Andrea Lance is a 500-hour registered yoga teacher and holistic life coach with advanced training in yoga psychology. Her online yoga platform, live yoga classes, and one-on-one coaching sessions empower women to discover their superpowers. She guides clients from a state of anxious overthinking to trusting their inner wisdom by teaching self-care tools such as breathwork, meditation, and introspection. She leads individuals on a path of deeper self-connection to create peace within the body. I'll put links to connect with Andrea in the show notes. Let's dive in. Okay, awesome. So I want to start with your journey because I love the journey so much. I love hearing people's yoga stories. So tell us how did you find yoga and then how did you eventually decide to become a teacher? <laughs> okay, so that uh, that journey began in 2017. So um, I live in rural Indiana, and yoga uh, in 2017 was pretty non-existent as far as going to a class. And so that was not even on my radar. But when I came into 2017, it was I was a mess. I had um, TMJD that was undiagnosed. Um, I had physical body aches and pains. Um, my life revolved around other people. I was in a storm of people pleasing, which turned out was breaking down my physical body. I mean, even the arches of my feet hurt all the time. And this will play a role into getting to how I got into yoga. But um, also in 2017, that March, as I'm feeling miserable and not able to get out of bed, dealing with depression and anxiety, my daughter um, turned out she was really sick and she had something growing out of her ear. And every doctor I went to said, oh, she has an ear infection. And then the next week it was, oh, she has a busted eardrum. And I'm like taking my reading light and there's something goopy. And, and I'm like, this is something more. And they're like, she needs to take the antibiotics. And so 
I have my own physical ailments and then I have a sick child and nobody that will listen to me. So you can just imagine how that exasperated the anxiety and the depression. And by the end of March, somebody finally listened to me. We got her into the right doctors. And by the beginning of May, we found out she had cancer. She was diagnosed with a rare cancer called Langerhand cell histiocytosis. And the cancer was growing out of her ear and it was also growing up towards her brain. So there is a bone in between the ear and the brain and this cancer eats away at the bone like moths eat clothing and so it got caught at the perfect time right like she's going to be able to have treatment um if they wouldn't have got it would have shut down her central nervous system we should be celebrating but as a parent that's a lot to take in like your daughter could have lost function like so you're just absorbing all this oh and she's going to go through chemo for the next year, but this is going to be okay. But like, it's not okay. Cause you've got to process it, you know? So we spent the month of May getting a port, going through scans. And then in June we started chemo and she started, um, strong steroids and the steroids, uh, made her eat a lot, which we knew was going to happen, but it also made her have really strong reactions. So it's just like, so we were like two ticking time bombs walking through the house all summer, you know, mm-hmm. and by July, I just, I just couldn't handle it anymore. It wasn't just her. I had made a lot of decisions in my personal life, the way I, where I worked, how I was interacting with family. I was pleasing so much that I couldn't take it anymore. I was, I was just done. So I, um, was in July, I was ready to um, be done with life. Like, and my daughter, she was three, she took my phone, called my husband, I don't even know how she dialed the phone, like she must have hit emergency dial and said, Daddy, mommy's not feeling well. And I was so relieved, because finally, somebody was saying she's not well, she doesn't feel well. I was being seen by my three year old. And I do believe she came into this life to show me another way to live. And it's through this adversity of my daughter that now I was going to go to a yoga class. (laughs) And so um, I went to my doctor and she said, um, well, you know, I think you need to go to a yoga class to see if you can help manage this anxiety better with more than just medication. And I thought she is crazy. That stuff is too (laughs) slow for me. That's not going to work. And then this other part of my brain said, you don't have any other choice. Like you are going. And like I mentioned, I live in rural America. So the closest class was 30 minutes away. And so um, four days after my 37th birthday, there was a class and I went and this gal was telling me to inhale and she was telling me to exhale. Nobody had ever told me to breathe. Like, I did not know that was a thing. Like, I just thought you breathe and you move through life, you know? And I left and I'm like, wow, I definitely feel different. There was a space of patience in me that I didn't have when I went into the class. And so I went back week after week and um, I, in between i would have like these gaps where i would get really angry again and panic and so i would google yoga pose cobra (laughs) and like i would learn how to do cobra pose because i didn't know the poses i was just going through the motions with these classes and um and i noticed that 10 minutes would help get me through the week and then i'd have weeks where i didn't want to go back because you know, I'm going to the studio. I don't know these people, you know, like, is this really working for me? And my husband would say, I I think you need to go (laughs) because he would see me come home and I would be chill. 
I would have moments of happiness that I hadn't been having for a long time. So two months into taking weekly yoga classes, this email pops there and it's the yoga uh, studio's owner. And she's like, I'm going to be offering a 200 hour yoga teacher training in January of 2018. And my heart was like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. And then I was like, you've only been doing this for two months weekly. Like, who do you think you are? Like, how insane is that? Right. And um, but I sat with it and I just felt like it had the key to opening up this darkness that I've been had been feeling like I am a light person I, I enjoy and I'm happy but this darkness was just suffocating me and I, I just knew that would be the way to unlock it and so I nervously told my husband we're on our way to a chemo treatment and I'm like I want to take a 200 hour yoga teacher training like I'm like nervous and shaking my voice and he was like okay yeah that's fine and I'm like why was I so like nervous about that but I think it was because I didn't have any experience I was low on self-confidence you know and so once I made that choice I started like studying Sanskrit because I'm like, everybody in this class is going to know all these yoga poses in Sanskrit and I know nothing. And I get into the class, nobody knows Sanskrit. Like, <laughs> and, um, and it was like one of the best things I ever did was going through that. So I started the 200 hour teacher, teacher training, not thinking I'm going to be a teacher, but just to uh, unlock my soul. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I bet you got a lot from that because you get some community, you get that space kind of held for you to go and disconnect from all the things that are going on in your, your outside life. So I bet that was a really great experience. Oh yeah. It was uh, very healing. Just like you said, mm -hmm. that whole having, um, holding space, you know, and it was really encouraging. Like when you, you're in that space, you hear other people's problems. So for two hours every week, I was able to like bump out of my stuff or mm -hmm. dive deeper into my stuff, whatever it needed. And it was very healing. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people have that same experience of I'm crazy. I can't do this. I don't know anything. I can't do a headstand. How am I going to do teacher training? And then <laughs> someone else is like you're just do it it's fine it's not a big deal and then you go and it ends up being the most healing wonderful experience of your life it's so amazing yeah i would say like going through teacher training there was never any time where i felt like i had to become a teacher like what actually drove me to teach was the ability it forced me to show up for myself if I was going to teach, I had to keep practicing because up to that point, that was the problem. I didn't want to show up for myself. And that was causing the depression and the anxiety to be worse. Ooh, interesting. So teaching yoga really is kind of like a, the ultimate accountability because you really can't do it <laughs> unless you're pra actively practicing and doing the work yourself. Hmm. Yeah. And to this day, it's still... <laughs> Still today, it still yeah. drives me. <laughs> yeah, me too, but, definitely. Yeah, it's so funny because I I wonder, like, with it. So when I first started teaching, obviously, the anxiety was extreme. Like, you know, you're like, now move your arm up to the sky. <laughs> you know, like, there's a little shake mm -hmm. in your voice, you know. Um, 
But every time after I taught the class, like I felt better because I had shown up, I'd done something, whether it was, it was successful to just accomplish it. Right. Like, mm -hmm. and so every time I showed up and taught a class, it was just something that built my own self-confidence to come out of this dark hole that I had been living in. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Your story is so incredible. It really is. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm in awe. I'm in awe of you. <laughs> I, I don't really want to live it again. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you don't. No, I'm sure you're over it at this point. You're like, let's move on now. <laughs> yeah. But it is very interesting. I really appreciate the space even to go through it and highlight it because as humans, you know, we continue to race on, right? And for me to be able to speak to you about this, it, it reminds me like, oh, girlfriend, oh, you've come so far. You know, that self-talk yeah. changes when you really honor yourself and your journey. So it's, it's so kind of you to have allowed this for me. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I just always think when it can be hard to share your story, especially those really vulnerable pieces that you just shared so beautifully. Um, but when you do share your story, you open up so much space for other people to, they feel seen, they feel um, like they can also do it too. Like she did it, I can do it. We're kind of all in this together because we all experience hardship in our own special ways <laughs> and <laughs> no one is exempt from it right i mean right, i think sometimes totally. we think oh well nothing that's that happens to that family that's never going to happen to me and then when it happens to you just your world gets flipped upside down yeah it's it's so crazy how when it does happen it feels surreal like you don't like I, the way you watch TV when somebody is diagnosed with cancer, it's like you think, oh, they cry and they know what to do about it. But actually, when that happens, it's really hard to believe. Like my, it was really hard to believe she had cancer, right? Like, and then like there when you were, I was judging like, oh, well, she doesn't have to be in the hospital all the time. We have to go to appointments and we're able to manage this from home and going to appointments. So then it's like, oh, maybe it's not as bad. It was still really bad. It was still a really tough experience. But because there are worse things that your mind is just playing all these tricks. And I would say like the yoga teacher training is where I first started to learn how to process the feelings of going through this surprising experience, right? Like, mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't, I didn't know I should listen to these feelings in my body. I didn't know that I should embrace these frustrations and be mm -hmm. okay with that, you know? Yeah, that's so powerful. Mm, 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 mm. I, that, <laughs> it makes me happy. I know it's hard, but it makes me happy at the same time, just to see the power because I can see you nobody else can see you but just to like see it in you is really incredible and I'm so glad that you found yoga and healing tools to manage all the things so that kind of brings me to what we're talking about today and I, this morning I was walking my dog and I was like I'm really excited to talk about this really not <laughs> exciting thing today. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, because... I, I was in the same boat as you. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know. I mean, anxiety and depression, which I think kind of weave together so often for most people, um, are... I think very common experiences, but as yoga teachers, I think the image in my brain, at least still to this day is that a yoga teacher, you know, wakes up and they meditate and then they practice for two hours and then they drink (laughs) a smoothie and then they, and they just have their shit together basically. And I so often think that I need to have my shit together as well. And I have dealt with personally with anxiety forever. I mean, for as long as I can remember, at least 25 years. And it's so hard to speak about it to people because I think that they want me to be just totally healed of any ailments that I might have because I'm a yoga teacher. So I'm, that's why I'm excited to talk about it because I think that we're going to hear from other people after this. They're like, oh, me too. <laughs> I'm experiencing yeah. it too. So I want to ask you first how anxiety shows up for you. Like how does it present itself? Okay. Oh, it has some pretty specific, has, it's very specific. Um, my heart rate tends to increase. Mm-hmm. Um, my teeth, uh, re- will start to chatter, especially when I'm getting really anxious. My body gets mm-hmm. cold, my teeth chatter. Um, uh, my brain tends to like try to go into overdrive, uh, with thoughts, trying to solve the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an experience actually last weekend at, uh, this, uncomfortable conversation came up and it was like fireworks like went off inside of me and I was like oh so this is what it's like to be really aware of your anxiety when it's happening and still be in the conversation and I'm like okay Mm -hmm. what are you trying to tell me what are you trying to tell me but um shaky is a big thing for me too Mm -hmm. my body Mm -hmm. cold and shaky that's really interesting for me. I just want to share mine too. I know this is yeah. I want to hear it. <laughs> this is about you. I want to. So I love hearing your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> mine is very. Um, it's all in my stomach. All okay. In my stomach. It's all about my gut, and it it translates into digestive issues, like literal digestive issues. But I feel just this pit in my stomach a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I did have a, I want to share this because it was so powerful. I had a yoga therapist tell me to, when that feeling comes to say to myself, I feel anxiety in my body and I'm okay with it. Oh, very good. it changed everything. Because so often we're like, oh, go away. You know, I don't want this. Um, And so that has been very helpful for me just to share with other people who have that anxiety that shows up in their body in some way. That is so awesome. I can definitely identify with the whole gut feeling. Um, Do you ever get that like heaviness in your shoulders and that kind of like darkness, like, it's almost like the anxiety is what's coming out because the deeper feeling is fear, like Mm -hmm. fear of failure, fear of showing up, but it's the anxiety that is so strong. So you're having to deal with that first, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think it's almost always something else, but 
just it's that familiar feeling that your body just goes back to to send you some definitely message that sometimes I don't know what it's trying to tell me. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds like so I think that it translates in our body first, but then there's something that we all do with it, right? So it sounds like for you and correct me if I'm wrong, that it kind of translated into people pleasing, staying busy, always there, always on. Is that how? Definitely. Oh my gosh. Like, I feel like you like opened up my mind because I know I sent you some information, but I'm pretty sure you just like really looked into my life. <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um, Cause I was thinking about this and, um, my before I got into yoga, that was what I would drive into like, oh, how can I show up better for this person? What can I do for this? If I'm busier, the better because you know it, how it is with anxiety. If you're you might get two minutes totally invested in a project where you're not even thinking about your anxiety, you know, and but then it comes back tenfold. It's more compacted after the project is over. So then my drive was, well, what am I going to do next? to keep me busy, you know, to keep people happy with me. And uh, maybe even like surprising somebody with uh, like a phone call or a kind comment or, you know, just always in this overdrive to, to give out to the world. And I was just being depleted. I, w I was depleting my own self. It was not necessarily anybody else's fault but that was just my that's what I thought I was supposed to do mm -hmm. yeah I and now I it, it's I awful do. isn't it because like it takes your value away like I've noticed like now that I'm more aware of it it almost like pisses me off because it's like oh shit I'm doing it again <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah I'm doing it again oh yeah it's so easy to go down the rabbit hole of doing all the things and being that person for everyone. And then you get to a point where you're like, Oh, I really did. I did it again. Now, how do I dig myself out of this? Yeah. Well, that hole of depletion that I fell into, one of the good things about it is when I start to do that again, my body gets so exhausted that I'm, I have to stop. Like I can't do it. Like I require so much quiet time now. Like I, um, if I'm too involved, my body just gets too exhausted. Like people pleasing is, even though it happens, it can't, my body cannot support the level that I used to people please at anymore, mm -hmm. which is a yeah. good thing, yeah, but I have to aware. manage that. Yeah, it sounds like you're more aware now when it happens to take a step back because you're actually listening to those messages that your body and your mind are sending. Yeah, like just showing up to events. Like, I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, 10 years ago, it was like, oh, we have to do this. We have to do this. We have to do that. And my body will not do that anymore. Mm -hmm. It's more of a, okay, how do I feel about this? Okay, you know what? I can't do that because I'm going to need um, recovery time. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. That's great. I love that. Yeah, recovery time is a big piece, I think. Are you an introvert? You know what? I am an extrovert and an introvert. I got a, I got in both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I must too. But I think I'm mostly an introvert, which is hilarious because I do so much like outward, outward stuff with other people. But yes, I require a lot of time 
to do nothing and sit with myself. Yeah, because I think it's interesting how it, it that shows up for both of us because, you know, I when both of, I'm sure nobody would guess that we're introverts, like, yeah. because of what we do. Like, when you, when you get me, the thing is, you get all of me. Like, you, I'm, I'm there, I'm in tune, but please understand, tomorrow you will hear nothing from me. <laughs> I will not be willing to go for a walk. I, I will do nothing, yes. <laughs> you know. Definitely. And it's nothing against anybody else. Yeah, no, definitely not. No, it's just, it's a personal choice, definitely. And I think that that's interesting. Like, most people wouldn't know that I'm an introvert or you're an introvert. And they might also not know that we struggle with anxiety, depression, like some mental health stuff. I think a lot of people just expect that you're going to present as like this very, you know, anxious person. And I'm like the chillest person ever. So people <laughs> don't know. They don't know. So it's, and it comes back to your point of we take care of everything. We are all of the things. We are doing everything for everyone. We're carrying the whole load like all of this is happening because I'm involved and no one is taking care of me. Yeah. <laughs> Who takes care of me? Yeah. I mean, for some reason we carry such a strong load of responsibility and I'm still not quite sure how not to carry that load. Me neither. Answer does come through our practice though so often I will you know sit down even for just five minutes for some breath and or just to look out the window or to go to an hour-long class somewhere and every time I think well the world didn't fall apart while I was doing nothing yeah <laughs> it's totally. all still here everything's still going without me I used to, I still want to operate in this way of like, oh, I have this list of things I need to do and I want to be ahead of schedule. And um, one thing that I've really been working on for the last six months is understanding that a schedule that's not me. Like I can say that from eight to 12 on Monday morning, I'm going to knock out a buttload of rough drafts for emails, right? Like it's not gonna happen like <laughs> you know like i mean i don't i i'm setting myself up for failure because there is an inspiration that comes with this job like you don't you can prep, prep there's a lot of things you can prep but there's a lot of stuff that just kind of you have to just kind of wait for it and when it comes okay zoom and it mm -hmm. flows like and so i've been really working with flow versus push because <laughs> push is the old way. I mean, I did pastries for 10 years. That was my life. And everything is push in the kitchen, you know, like, mm -hmm. and, and it's really hard to get out of that. You know, push looks like success because you have so much that you've completed. Whereas um, that's not my life anymore. That doesn't work for me anymore. And so when I flow, it's 
great what comes out. <laughs> Absolutely. That reminds me of, um, it's fresh in my mind because I've been, my theme this week for my classes was based on just a quote that I saw on Instagram. That's like the best thing about social media is you see just these amazing quotes and, and poetry and stuff like that. And the quote was, or it is, um, trust that everything is falling into place without you forcing it there. Yeah. Such good Isn't stuff. Isn't that so good? <laughs> I mean, Mic and drop. like, <laughs> you know, like the weeks when that, like, like you're not pulling the, when you're letting the universe run its course, the anxiety is less. You feel like you are, you have a knowing of I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And then something happens and you're like, what the hell just happened? Like last week I had that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was doing so well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, there's outward pressure and then there's the internal pressure that we create for ourselves. I think that we need to be, oh, nope, we need to be forcing it again. We've got to get back to work. No flow. You know, going with the flow is very counter culture, I think. Definitely. Yeah. It's not counterintuitive. Yes. It's counterculture. Yeah. And trying to break that old programming is like next level work. <laughs> it really, it really is. It really is. Oh, man. Yeah. So I'm curious. I feel like we've talked a lot about anxiety and ways that we manage it really beautiful ways that we manage um dealing with it because I don't really know if it ever goes away I keep thinking oh I'll fix this eventually but I don't know if that's actually possible um I'm curious if anxiety presents itself for you as a yoga teacher like let's get more specific about dealing with it as a teacher oh gosh yes it <laughs> it it, it it has been debil debilitating at times. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one thing that really gets me is like sequences. Like, you know, I am not a headstand teacher. I have um, injuries like like tendonitis and stuff in my arm. So there's things that I'm not going to be able that I don't teach because I can't do it myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I go through this cycle of like, oh, my gosh, the sequences are too much the same. They're getting bored or like who's coming to my class. Right. Like, um, oh, man, that class was too too heated for them or that class was too boring for them or I mean, just self judgment after one after the other and it's my own anxiety cycle. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh man. The overthinking that happens before, yes. during, after. <laughs> yeah. When I first started teaching, the anxiety would take over my whole day. Like the idea of teaching a class at night, uh, like, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and then I would go and I would do it and it would feel better. But I, I wondered for a long time if it was ever going to go away. I wondered if I should continue teaching. I mean, multiple times over the last, I guess I've been teaching since May of 2018. So mm -hmm. we're coming up onto like four years. 
I, I've thought for a long time, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And then I'll set markers like, okay, in six months, we'll see how this is going. And then we have to make a decision. Are we going to continue or not? And then here we go. I'm like, oh, yes, so you're definitely continuing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it gets so much easier with time. You just get more comfortable and confident in your ability to even just say a sequence and get through the class without forgetting the sequence which I did this week oh man I did that this week. <laughs> I forgot it so hard it was terrible I um every now and then the owner of the studio will come to class and I think that that's uh-huh. just so oh that's a lot of stress yeah it's so nerve-wracking still and I know her very well I mean she's come very I mean many times it wasn't the first time or anything and she was in the front row, and I just totally forgot everything we were doing. It was not good. <laughs> it was not good. I, I guess, I was like, even like hey, what did you do? do? You know, do you know what we're doing? I asked her. <laughs> I was like, what's the next thing? Someone tell me, please. And no one else knew either. That's really bad. Well, I think it's a really good sign, though, because they were so involved in the class. They weren't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was fine. It really was. Those are just things that I have nightmares about. But then when they yeah. happen, you're like, oh, OK, well, nobody can happen. I know, but it just it really like you almost start to att- you do like I do. I attack my self-esteem like how could you let that happen? I mean, literally the other night I'm teaching on Zoom and the way my mic's set up, I can't hear the students, you know, like mm-hmm. so they can only hear me. And um, I had put my mic in a different place. And you know how your belly will like roll over your yoga pants? <laughs> well, I never have my mic in that place, but we started on our back. So I moved it forward. And next thing I know, my husband's coming out and I'm like, that's weird. And he's like, why is he coming in here during the class? He wouldn't do that. He's like, hey, there's something wrong with your mic. Somebody had texted him. And anyway, my belly roll had like pressed the button (laughs) and turned my mic off. And so I was like, but my nerves like, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, what goes to my head is like, how could you let this happen? Like, that's so irrational, right? I get Mm -hmm. that. And so like, I'm like, okay, we're coming back here. We're coming back to this quad stretch. It's going to be mm-hmm. fine. Like, mm-hmm. but all, I was teaching a new sequence. So I was like, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really understand that. Oh my God. You just lose your whole train of thought. Sometimes it just ruins the whole thing. But a year ago when stuff like that happened, like, because I went online during COVID, right? And so Mm -hmm. teaching live, there was always random things you had to learn the hard way. And it would just sabotage my self-confidence. Like, I would be like, oh my gosh, how could you like let that happen? That made their experience so bad because your sound was off or, um, you know, you name it, whatever was going on, it was my fault. I was blaming myself and I was creating like, what they were feeling even though they weren't Mm -hmm. telling me that Mm -hmm. yeah so i had to start oh sorry go ahead i was just gonna ask what do you do now like what's helping you get through that well um so a year ago when it got really bad i decided that i was either going to have to make some decisions and treat myself better or i was gonna have to quit teaching yoga and so every time i got done teaching a class i would come out and the old thoughts because it was programmed in me to put myself down would come in and i'd say no no that class was a good class there was nothing wrong with the class i did the best i could that's right right where where i was supposed to be 
And so then I would go to like whatever, cooking supper, whatever I needed to do. It would cut certain nope. And so over time, because I practiced that every time the thought would come in, I created more space for like, hey, I showed up. I did my part that I did well, you know? And so now like even Tuesday night this week, when that happened, when I left the class, I'm like, oh man, that went pretty good concerning all the things that happened. (laughs) That was totally new. Like a year ago, I couldn't have done that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And that's something that I've, I've done too, especially as a new, newer teacher when that would happen. And it's a great reminder because I still do it every now and then I'll get down on myself. Totally. it's really a great reminder to to see the thought happening to say no thank you like we're good that already happened i can't change what just happened it already happened you know so you kind of have to let it go and just keep keep trucking on yeah and it's kind of funny to like however you show up to teach yoga class right no matter what, you're going to do the best you can. So the idea that after you're done, that you could have done something better is, is so silly because it's like you did the best you could. There, there was nothing you could have changed. That was your life in that moment. <laughs> can I just embrace myself and love myself for what I was, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's a great, I think it's a great lesson to our students too, like sometimes in the moment I have teachers that will do this. I, I, need to do this more often like when you forget the sequence like you know I forgot the sequence and it's yeah. okay and this happens and we're all just doing the best that we can do and <laughs> it can just be a part of your class you know and everyone's oh like, yeah, definitely right I'm because they are harder on, on themselves for um stuff too you know we all are oh definitely Oh, yeah, that usually brings out some good giggles in a class. Definitely. Yeah, it's just funny. Yeah, it's a good – I always like to joke about it. I'm like, well, we just forgot that whole sequence. Okay, (laughs) let's keep going. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, I do – I have the online yoga platform, so I do a lot of recording, and that's actually been a really good thing for me to – see myself teaching actually has boosted my confidence. It's actually created more loving acceptance to myself. Like, ah, I, I, I'm doing a good job. I, you know, like it it created more loving messages in my mind instead of the skewed image of myself. But then like when it comes to recording, it's like, ah, I'm not re-recording. Like that's just going to stay, you know, like it's, Mm -hmm. Yes, it's, definitely. I've learned to be more forgiving because of the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like it gives you a little bit more like objectivity, I guess. Like you're kind of stepping away and you're seeing your little self, you know, doing the best that she can do in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, you know, if I was watching you, I would I would never criticize you the way I criticize myself. You know, like mm-hmm. I would just think, oh, man, that was a great class. Yeah, <laughs> End exactly. <of> story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we're not we're not thinking about that when we go to bed at night. Like, oh, um, Della messed up her sequence today. That was interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was definitely terrible. not. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. So I love all of that. That's so the those oh man i'm losing my voice this is going to be edited out probably or maybe i'll just keep it here because i'm a person yeah you <laughs> are a person i like all of that advice for teachers because i think that we all deal with very similar feelings and we all mess up 
none of us are perfect. And these are all things that can hold us back, like you say, from even teaching at all. I've had moments like that, too, where I'm thinking, am I really going to be this anxious about every class I ever teach? Should I just stop? Is it, you know, messing with my quality of life or something? Right. It keeps us in service to our people. That that right there is being in service. It, It just brings so much like I would say that probably pushes me to improve this battle I deal with myself, right? Like, so you're being in service because people, people want it, people appreciate it. Yet at the same time, they're serving you because you're battling your demons. You know, it's, it's super, it's pretty special relationship. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. I talk about that really often. I think in the, the episode before this, I talked to a friend and we, we discuss kind of that reciprocal relationship that you have with your students. They don't really know that that it is. They think that they're just receiving from you. But so often we receive exactly what we need from them as well. <laughs> For sure. You know, uh, last month, so you'll understand this being a teacher. So I was at Whining Yoga. We had a nice full class and um we ohmed at the end and the ohm back like it just hit me like so hard like this class they were breathing inhale exhale like they were giving it their all and then to end the class i'm like oh that was bad ass like that was life giving you know those are the best classes they really are it is that was amazing everyone was into it but then like you go and tell somebody who doesn't teach yoga and they're like yeah that's great like (laughs) (laughs) sounds weird (laughs) i'm like you don't understand every cell in my body was tingling like (laughs) yeah that's so awesome we live for those moments yes Mm -hmm. yeah and it reminds you this is why i do this yes exactly yeah we need those reminders very often i think it gets us out of our own way Totally. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Well, what would you say is like, what's the one thing that you want a new teacher to know? Mm, A new teacher. Oh my gosh. Um, I want a new teacher to know that it is okay to use notes. It does Mm. not make, it does not make you less of a teacher. I'm not a teacher that can teach without notes. I love my little notes. It gives me reassurance. I don't always need them, but there are powerful messages that can be delivered and powerful sequences that can be delivered when sometimes we just have that reassurance of something there. And I know people probably have rules on that, but I would just give permission. Mm-hmm. I would allow yourself the permission to do it the way you need to do it. I love that. That makes me very happy. Whenever teachers have notes, I'm like, oh, they 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 are serious about this. Like it makes me happy when they have it. I think other people <laughs> think that too. Like the people who aren't teachers, they I don't know. I feel like it makes you look like you came prepared, you are ready for this and you thought it out. Yeah, totally. 
I don't think I guess I assumed everybody did it. (laughs) I mean, I assume everybody (laughs) comes to prayer, but I've just, I just remember feeling like kind of less than because I, I needed notes, but I mean, that's actually my learning style. Mm -hmm. It's not natural for me to not have a reference like that is safety for me. Yeah. You know, when I got this, Okay, that's cool. Well, when I went to teaching online during COVID, I went to Walmart and I bought these big ass marker boards and I started writing my sequences out. Best thing ever, you know, like nobody can see the marker board, right? Like, (laughs) yeah, it's like SNL or something like the big scripts in the back. Like I need someone to hold that up for me while I teach. Like, here's what's next. Yeah, and that really helped me to improve my sequences, like, because I was learning different sequences from different teachers. But, you know, you get into some of those longer sequences, and and that's a lot of pressure to remember that flow. Like, you know, like. It really is. Yeah, I don't use notes as much anymore for teaching just because, I don't know, I just got away from it, and it works for me now. But when it comes to doing like the workshops that I do online or if I do a live training or something, I'm basically just reading from my notes because I don't want to miss anything. And I also don't want to mess up. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to forget what I'm going to say, you know? Yeah. And I bet. And how many years have you been teaching yoga? Um, About six years. Okay, so six years. So in six years, when you're doing these workshops, you're going to be like, I don't need any of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think slowly we get to a place where we don't need it anymore. But still, I I think for some people, it's just a nice thing to have, even if you sit it on a shelf at the back of class or, you know, don't even look at it the whole time. It's just nice to know that if you accidentally forget your sequence, like I did this week, I probably should have had some notes. I could have been like, let me go look at my notes. <laughs> you're not just flailing around. You know? Everyone's not just standing there looking at you. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring well, notes. Had you done the left side and not the right side? Or like one side and not the other in your sequence? Yes, I think think we were on the second side and they didn't know. Nobody knew what we were doing. I was like, wow, (laughs) what did we do on the first side? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, even with notes, that still happens because, you know, I won't be referencing it and I'll be like, did we already do this side? And like, you'll hear this unanimous, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's good. They're paying attention for you. That's nice. (laughs) Yes, we did it. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, usually I'm just like, all right, we'll just stay here for a few breaths and hold it. And then in my mind, I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? (laughs) Yeah. Can you please close down your eyes, focus on your breath so I can get my shit together? (laughs) I'm like internally screaming on the inside. What's the next pose? I don't remember. (laughs) Yoga teacher problems. That's exactly right. (laughs) We all got them. Yes, we definitely do. Thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed it. Oh my gosh. I truly appreciate the invitation. It's so kind that um, that you're doing this work for all of us teachers. Like I, I know I appreciate all your podcasts and I'm sure everybody listening does too. Thank you. Yeah, it really is my pleasure. I love talking to yoga teachers.